Welcome to another episode of the You Should Do Comedy Podcast. I'm Vince Tedesco. Sitting in with me right now is Mr. Joel Edmondson. Joel, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you, Vince? I'm doing well. Um, taking a look at this comedy career that you have, I mean, it you kind of go throughout, I guess, a landscape of forms because there's a stand-up presence, a comedic presence, a musical background that you have, you have a strong social media background. I mean, it, it, it's crazy to see how, I mean, I mean, you've absorbed the art form and all the platforms in it. Where does your brain lie? <laughs> like when you think of a funny bit, what does it automatically go to? This is good for uh, a TikTok video I can do with my cat, or this is good for uh, a bit I can kind of scratch and mold and work on stage, or this is great as if I turn into a musical. Like, I don't know. How do you, how did your brain consume funny? Uh, well, yeah, that's an actually a really good question because, um, I, I, I almost don't have an answer to it other than it, uh, something comes up in my head and I'm, and I know exactly <laughs> like where it goes, you know, like, I really, don't, eh? like it just snaps like, oh, this is, this is, would be good for uh, a video. This would be good for a song. This would be good for a joke on stage. This would be good for a script I'm writing this, that everything. I just, I just kind of know exactly where to put it. There's been times where I have the like for example the musical stuff a lot of the jokes in my songs used to be jokes in my act they weren't working and then i i brought them to songs but like for the most part as soon as i think of them i know exactly where they go yeah so it's not even like uh, you have to be in a certain mood i guess i don't even know i mean you have reworked a bit of material so i mean i, I don't know is it is it all just a, a headspace that you're your brain just kind of floats throughout either one. Like, Hey, I kind of feel like this today. Hey, I kind of feel like that today. I mean, I think people with ADD will probably understand <laughs> what I'm saying. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, artistically, yes, but yes, but I can mm -hmm. understand that, that, that concept, I guess. Um, for you now, what almost 10 years in the game or we, or we've surpassed yeah. that legendary mark. No, it's, it's not quite there yet. I mean, technically, uh, I started my first, like, run at it was in 2012 but i took enough of a break that i can't really say that i've been uh 10 years in the game but uh yeah like or like in next year ish and the year after would be when i uh celebrate my uh my decade was this ever something you kind of set out to do i mean social media changed the landscape of of mm. artistry but then there's but starting out out like 10 years ago there was no big push of the social media kind of realm as it is right now but mm -hmm. was this sort of like always on like i'm gonna make it i just don't know how yet like everybody's every artist has that dream right oh 100 percent. like they don't teach in school how you make it big and then you meet it meet people who have made it big and everybody's got a different story um so it's like i, I like i i don't i and i honestly i never knew that I would do social media that happened by accident two years ago. Um, the, vi the virality of my, uh, TikTok account, but, uh, um, yeah. So like, I, I honestly never knew I, I always like, there's literally nothing else I would do in the world, <laughs> uh, with, with as much vigor, uh, is, you know, creating jokes and, art and whatever you call what i do you know um but uh it, it I, ne I never knew how i would uh and I, I don't see myself as like big obviously there's a lot of followers on my tiktok account but it doesn't you know it doesn't 
it's still it's still just you know i want to get bigger in other aspects of my career but uh um it's like i never knew how what what way i would about go about this because the only thing i knew how to do was to you know write perform make jokes that it was just the 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 the, uh, the the creation part of it i never like this industry is so strange when it comes to making it work and blowing up and all this stuff like this like you just i just you don't you never know and that's that's it's it's crazy that you say that because yeah i often find with stand-up comedy and especially i, I love that i'm not a comic but i love the art form so much that you know I have a radio show dedicated to it. I'm now creating a podcast that mm-hmm. I still want to talk to people about it and, and always kind of pick the brains of the, the comedic mindset because with comics, it's, I feel it's a struggle of the artistry versus the ego. And mm-hmm. it's, you live somewhere in between um, as a stand-up comic. But then so many times has that art form changed over the years because at one point, stand-up comedians look down on improv artists like, yeah, but they're not really comics. I'm like, well, yeah, they kind of are. They've comprised the whole sketch and they work with a troupe. And then, you know, it's evolved. And now you're coming into an era where it's like, well, content creators aren't really funny. I mean, they do funny bits, but they that, that never works live on a stage. But maybe the stage isn't a place for them. So you being the person that excels and kind of kind of thrives in, in all those three and, and, and many more, even including musical comedy, you know, it, it, it it's an interesting when you look at it, because with you, where does your artistry lie? I mean, like, does it is more on the ego side? Or I mean, I look at your TikTok. You have over 11 million likes and views, and mm-hmm. it's crazy. And it's just things you do with your cat. How did mm-hmm. that even start? Um, yeah, so it kind of just started one night. My cat goes into the bathtub, swimming and stuff. Pretty strange. We got some video of it. And I had had one TikTok video up that did not have done well. And I just kind of <laughs> said, why don't I put this video up on my cat? I do a little narration over top of it. Um, and in the in the video, I just say, is this the type of stuff that TikTok likes? I don't know. It's something like that. And uh, I go to sleep, wake up. You know, it's got like 100,000 views or something. And it just is rapidly growing as i'm like watching like my notification like refreshing my notifications and just like (laughs) hundreds of notifications per minute it was like what the heck is going on here i uh was like weirded out at first it took me a while to make a second video you know the comments were all kind of crazy in between i wasn't even sure if people liked it or not and then I think a couple big TikTok accounts started commenting on it and sharing. I don't even remember who at this point, but uh, it just, it grew. And then I started making other videos. And I think at some point in the two years, it started, it stopped being so much about like the cat in the bath as much as it was about making my, I tried to make myself a character in like, my kind of creative ways to make content and i think people have uh, have there's there's like a some lore about <laughs> on the i i don't want to get too highfalutin about it because uh, like i try not to t- like you were talking about ego i try not to take myself too seriously well, I, like, do you think like but, oh my god 
people on TikTok are cat people. Like they just love cats. Like oh. roll with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. I like are they obviously like this. I have realized there's a lot of like water cat stuff specifically on TikTok. I think uh I do come at cat content in a different sort of uh angle than most uh animal content, pet content people. Right. In general. Um, but I uh uh, be, I, I think that's what's the longevity of it. I think because I'm a bit different about it, I try new things. I I try not to make the same video twice. You know, I think that's why people like the account. Like people, uh, I have pretty devoted followers, I think, on TikTok. And I just, I don't know. I, I have tried to make it work for myself because I, I a lot of the pet content <laughs> stuff, like the lip syncing stuff, the using TikTok sound stuff, that just doesn't work for me. I don't really like that. Yeah, as much it's, as it's crazy. That's what people, you find people recommend. Are like, you find people are like, oh, we don't care about your comedy, just show us more pictures of your cat. Do you find like that? He's the, like, they're the bigger stars? No, no, I don't. Okay. I really don't find that. I mean, I don't really, but 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 I think I, I have found a balance. Like I have really tried not to make myself too forward. Like I, I only really admitted Vince this week that I'm a stand-up comic. No, on come my, on. You're on my account. almost 10 years in the game. No, I no on my TikTok account. Oh, on your TikTok. Okay, so that 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 following just now knows that you're actually a comedian. I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, so okay. I I wanted to, you know, get some streams on the album, so I I mentioned it in a video. And uh yeah, I I think I think people kind of figure it out if they go to if they go to my instagram which is linked on my tiktok page they can find out for themselves but uh right i i, I try not to 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 show like stand-up clips on my on my tiktok and stuff but no one's ever when i make myself more of a character in the video no one's ever like hey get out of the frame we want to see the cat <laughs> i think the people the reason people go to my account the reason the 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 videos are successful is a the cat and b my narration and my sort of creativity behind it. I think, I don't know. You can talk to other people. Now, about now it, taking yeah. that experience and, and kind of blowing up is overnight sensation versus the first time you actually were on stage. How mm -hmm. do those two kind of relate or do you ever just kind of like, do you remember your first set and where it was? Yeah, I remember my first set. It was, uh, uh I did a, a, a night of two open mics and both bars don't exist anymore. Both hosts of the, of those shows, likely don't even do i mean i think one of them still does comedy but uh i'll yeah so the bar was called the annex rec room it does not exist i think it's a hotel now and uh the the host was called brian i don't remember his last name i'm sorry brian if you're listening which i doubt he is but i don't know where <laughs> brian, he's at we apologize yeah um my friend james island i can shout him out he was a uh a, a, a friend that i had just made it was my first year of uh college i was a a you know a frosh and he was my frosh leader and i discussed that i wanted to do stand-up and he says i do stand-up you should come with me so i went with him and i did a set and uh my best joke was in the middle of my set and he said why is that in the middle and i was like oh i thought i just i didn't know that you're supposed to start and end with your best material i th i just figured you put it in the middle right i don't know why the climax I of the set yeah i knew i knew very well that that was my best joke but i put it in the middle <laughs> um, okay i, I did it. not yeah and uh, uh yeah and i i was i was i mean i was kind of i was i obsessed over 
like the nights I did stand up because I would like for the first while I did it, I only did it once a week or once a month, right? And I would obsess over it the entire time to the point where I was like, this is getting in the way of my studies and I had to stop uh, for a couple of years and I came back to it as soon as I was done. And, uh, and, and then I went full force. And I remember getting back into it was like, oh, this is what I needed. When I, once I realized I had been doing it like every night in a week and stuff, and I was just like actually doing it, I was like, oh, right. This is, this is how you do this thing. This right. is like, um, uh, you like, it's, it's such a difficult thing to do and you have to, the way to get good at it and the way to feel like you're actually doing it is to do it a lot. Um, and like show up, go up, open mics were first starting to be a thing in Toronto when I first started. So it was like, that's the way you got stage time. And it was like, so you could do it so often. Right. And uh, when did you start incorporating your kind of, uh, musical side of life and, and, you know, were you always a musician kind of playing throughout yeah. the years or, and then yeah, you just yeah. thought, Hey, let's, let's work the two out together. I'm trying to remember the first time I, I think it was probably I, I I played the guitar a lot. I was I was also was a I'm not as much of a sketch comedian anymore, even though I would like to be. Um, but when I first started stand up, I I came at I had like a dual sort of thing where I would I would do stand up on the side, but I would like book stand ups on my sketch show, so I would do a lot of sketches on that. And I played a lot of the guitar in sketches and a lot of like song parodies and original songs and stuff like that. And when that um. When that sketch troupe ended, I think, is when I started taking my guitar on stage to stand-up shows. And, like, in the, like, in the aughts, everybody hated everything, right? Like, there was just, like, you know, people, <laughs> it was it was cool to hate shit, right? And right. there's there still some assemblage of that in the first half of the 2010s. By 2017, 2018, people weren't hating as much on... Uh, musical comedy as much people hating on and and the people that do that, that that would hate on guitar comedy and stuff and still the people that do i see as like the old guard the old dogs that like i'm like i don't maybe don't care about your opinion as much anymore like i like yeah. i know that the guitar stuff does well on stage it's kind of my biggest hit rate it's like maybe my best material is my guitar stuff so i don't really care about that opinion anymore but for the first you know like the archaic rules of stand-up you're not allowed to wear shorts on you know all the, all those kind of like yeah. weird rules you don't i don't know if that's rule number one but yeah don't wear shorts on stage yeah yeah, yeah. like i don't know yeah don't bring a guitar on stage don't yeah i don't know don't uh blah 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 all those rules so you were part of a sketch troupe as well so there was no mm -hmm. actual fork in the road saying i'm going to be a musician i'm going to be a comedian or i'm going to be part of the sketch troupe. was it the second city wrote did you take courses with second city or was it no just i never taken a comedy class Wow, look at that. A lot of people have now, that's kind of their, uh, what's, uh, what would it be, I guess, um, escapism. Like, oh, it's an actual course now. You can take it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be a sort of like, you know, but you're an OG. So you just kind of went up and, you know, you knew you had the talent and you, you knew you had the chops. Uh, what was the comedic troupe? Can you give them a shout we were out? Called we were called Super Cool OES. It was a bunch of my friends, um, Alex, Cass, Rob, Ben. Uh, two Bens actually, and James and um, Jordan. I hope I'm not forgetting it. I think it was a big troop, but I right. I, I, wrote, I wrote a lot of the sketches, and we did this uh, underground show called the Spaghetti Variety Show, which was pretty popular for a year. 
Um, we got a lot of people out for every show and, uh, but it was like so much work. So we kind of burnt out by the end of it. That, that usually happens with the troupe. I mean, somebody kind of pulls the weight, somebody doesn't do as much. Somebody's always a creative kind of pothole where you go to for ideas. Somebody's always mm. like the, the star on stage. And it's, right. it's the collaboration of everybody working together. That's kind of the tough part that kind of makes it, you know, yeah, uh, the, the, the grind of the comedy troupe. Um, yeah, when you're in a a troop that big and you're all they're all friends you care about, you kind of kind of get sick of being pissed at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way a good yeah. way of putting at it. Um, for you and and I guess the whole dive into comedy and now you know sitting where you are and having a good kind of view of the you know the look back you have you're now chronologically chronologically kind of cementing a, a footprint in your career with the debut album. That's uh, that's out right now. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you sort of fit on the uh, on the spectrum of of the word and how you define your comedy? Like, hey, this is Joel, and I'm a what comedian or just comedian? I guess, but I mean, I guess the 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 the, the easy term, which is uh, a lot of people use differently, and also has evolved a lot through the years. I, my understanding is that my genre is called alt comedy. Yeah, that's kind of where I was kind of tapping into. What I mean, it's that the definition alone of alt comedy has changed, but what what is it for you? Um, I don't know. You know, from <laughs> my beginning, I, people have always said that I'm a unique comic, and I'm just like I'm. I I never set out. I mean, I guess I set out to do something I've never seen before, but it's also like I do. I set out to make myself laugh. You know, um. Mm. And, uh, I don't know. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't classify myself as like the classic sort of club comedian, the classic, like observational style humor. Not that I don't like that stuff. I love watching a good club comic killing. It's so funny. I love watching crowd work and stuff like that. And, uh, but I, uh, have never (laughs) like really done that. Like my idea, like, like I think, uh, when I first started, the big sort of alt thing was to kind of parody stand-up comedy, parody the like these archaic things I was doing. Right. I don't think I do that as much um, anymore, or if I ever really did it, I just go at it from my sense of humor, and it is I don't, like it's it's curveball-y compared to some of uh, the club club style of comedy, and I'm not saying there's not originality in those styles of comedy. Obviously, there is. But I think I just come at it at from my own vibe, which a lot of people have told me and have observed and have uh, said that uh, is a unique way of doing it. And I guess that's alt. And there's a big, long tradition of alt. And I'm sure a lot of people will say, actually, Joel, you're like this comedian. You're like this comedian. You're not as unique as you think you are. But uh, I, and, and are I, I, I know, but <laughs> I know it's a yeah, I, you're right. I'm, I'm creating a straw man here. But um yeah, because those are probably other comics. Yeah, exactly. That are telling uh, you that. Right. And they're like, yeah, well, but hey, if, what, do whatever works for you, then, yeah. you know, let them be. You have, you found your niche and you can roll with it. Um, looking back, like childhood wise, what are you, some of your influences? Uh, I would say a huge, like a just huge for me as a kid are two people that. I mean, works closely as we know, but, uh, the, the main, the huge thing that I watched over and over again until the, the, the tape was done, the DVD was done, whatever it was, was the best, 
of SNL, Dana Carvey. Um, ah. uh, that that tape I just watched so much as a kid. And uh, who's I your still... favorite Dana Carvey character? Ooh, uh, the Pepper Boy sketch is maybe my fav- favorite uh, um, <laughs> sketch of theirs. I just right. I watched I watched that over and over again. And I also love Massive Head Wound Harry. Head Wound Harry. Oh my God! I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> That would have been my favorite. Massive head wound Harry. When the yeah. dog was licking the, the, the prosthetic or whatever, and he was it's trying to just, rip it off his head. It's just so gross and grotesque and not something you ever expect out of that show. And even Dana Carvey himself is not like that. Um, uh, his sketches on SNL are sort of the, the footprint of a lot of like the, this, the, what they went going forward at, through the nineties and stuff. And Massive Head Moon Harry, it just doesn't almost fit with that. Yeah, it's like a left turn on SNL sketch comedy because, yeah, yeah as you said, it's growth. The guy had an open head wound, and mm-hmm. I don't know what they put on it, but I remember a sketch where they were at a party and the dog, they had like a dog, like a live yeah, dog on I, stage, kept licking I, his I, head. I also loved Terminator 2 as a kid, and do you remember who the, the host was that week? Sarah Connor herself, Linda Hamilton. Oh, so oh that's, that the, that's right. Yeah. Ah, okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, I, 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 I remember the host. Yeah, but now that you mention it, I remember her being in that scene. But yeah. those those are great SNL, like the nineties. Yeah. I mean, for for SNL. So and you're a big you're a big SNL guy then. Well, I, I mean, I I, I definitely. I, I, there was only a couple of years where I actually watched it live. You know, I just love those DVDs, those best ofs. Right. Um, weirdly, like I never there was like I watched it live in sort of around that time, but I don't know, like Saturdays a lot. Like I wasn't lucky enough to have a lot of like comedy fan friends. Like they would like, and also I was growing up around the time of YouTube. So a lot of people were just like ending up watching a, a SNL stuff on YouTube later the next day. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, uh, but I, I was, if I was lucky enough to have like comedy friends that would stay up late with me on a Saturday night, that would rule. Um, but uh, it was there's a lot of sports guys that I grew up with and video games. Oh, well, yeah, I was, yeah, that, that's kind of a, 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 a testament of the times. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you would stay up to be like, oh my god, so and so is hosting this week on Saturday Night Live, let's watch, and like, oh my god, this is happening on this TV show, let's watch. But now, if you miss anything, you can just catch it on YouTube, you catch it on streaming, you see yeah. it on social media, just the nature of. Like, I don't know what the ratings are for Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel and the era of late night shows, but that's dead. Those are those are dead. And and I think that, you know, to aspire to be on that, hence the old Johnny Carson days and getting called over from the couch when you're a comic, you do a stand up set and that that it's not a pinnacle of a career anymore. And yeah, no. you could just see it the next day on YouTube. Do you find yeah. yourself kind of adapting with that? To t- I mean, you have with TikTok, but I mean, mm-hmm. as far as everything else in your career, do you do well, yeah, hold a high point? I think it is disappointing that uh, stuff like doing stand-up on a late-night show, uh, it doesn't really exist as much anymore. That was always... Uh, my second... Pr- remember I said that two people? I, I, I was really... Right. Uh, oh, the second one was? Conan O'Brien. I, w- I oh. would... Because I wasn't hanging out with my friend on weekdays, my friends on weekdays, I would stay up late to watch Conan O'Brien, despite my parents. And, and I was a young kid, like way too young to be staying up till midnight and stuff. Um, uh, so my parents created a system where they would tape 
Conan for me if I went to sleep and I would watch it when I got home from school the next day. Um, but uh, it it is so disappointing that stand-up on late-night shows isn't as much of a thing anymore. It's not as much of a thing you're working towards. That's not the thing. It's like getting on a big podcast or something, getting on, like, uh, I don't yeah, even know. If you know. do Rogan, then you, then you pretty much have done Johnny Carson. Yeah, exactly. That's the equivalent. Um, uh, so yeah, and to me that that's just like not as cool as a of a thing. It's yeah, it's just the the streaming. The I don't know if social media is bringing us together or tearing us apart because yeah. nobody wants to leave their house anymore. People are very comfortable scrolling yeah. through their phones. Uh, yeah. it, the 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 phone is pretty much well and, and has replaced the television set. Uh, uh-huh. It's not the biggest source of entertainment. So yeah, there there were kind of odd times we're living in but these are the this is the new era i guess of entertainment and uh as you alluded to earlier you don't know if a like or a click or a a tap on your phone or your social media account will equal a a, a, a butt in a seat somewhere like hey i'm doing a live show great that was awesome thanks for letting me know but are you going to show up is another case are you going to purchase a ticket it's an ongoing struggle with a lot of comics in this day Mm -hmm. and age to try to make it hence people live in the world that they they choose to live in. Um, funny you mentioned Conan O'Brien because I, as I don't I don't see Conan as those guys. Conan always had a more, uh, to put in your terms, that more unicorn mindset to comedy. He was a writer. He mm-hmm. could see it from a different aspect. He was handpicked from uh, Lauren Michaels, producer of SNL, to be the next host of the Late Show. So his kind of pluck out of obscurity when nobody knew who he was. I'm like, who's replacing uh, David Letterman? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's just like, yeah, Conan used to write for the Simpsons. He used to write an SNL and he had a different look of, of the landscape of comedy, which made his entertainment value a lot more. Um, it, it just, it, 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 it threw a blanket over a lot more of, of the artistry of comedy, the old mm-hmm. vaudevillian sketches he did, stuff like that. So I can totally see Conan being a focal point in your life because I see that in your comedy completely. And even now, he's stepped away from that late night realm. He does a podcast. So um, kudos for you, man. I mean, yeah, Conan O'Brien, and I've had a chance to see him live on a numerous times. I don't know if you've had his whole sketch and kind of live performance. Well, there was that whole era when he wasn't, I guess, working. He was looking Mm -hmm. for... You know, the show got canceled and he was kind of in between. So he took his show on the road and it was a great sort of arraignment of sketches and, and everything. So I can see how you fit in that world 100%. From the musical side, from the social media side, from your sketch and everything side, you adapt well. So yeah, I, you can be a Conan O'Brien type and I can totally see that. Um, I appreciate that. I think uh, that's by design in my, in my head. <laughs> I, I definitely really? have. When I was a kid, I just, that guy was just like what I wanted to do. He just, I was just jealous of everything he did. Yeah. It was just like, he, he, everything he did made me laugh. You never met him, but right. Sorry. A mentor in a way that you never met him, but you never, yeah. it's just somebody you connected through a, a screen. Um, mm-hmm. Who's like that for you now? Is it still Conan or is it somebody more prominent or do you kind of, hmm. I mean, it's, it's tough because eh, you, you, the, the, um, sort of the glamour and the, the 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 mystery goes away once you start to realize 
how it goes on. How scary you know, the industry his, is. <laughs> how scary it is and how just like uncool so many people you meet are. And uh, But uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, there are a lot of local people that I love and are friends with and look up to, though. But, you know, jeez. Uh, who do I love now? I still love Conan. I still really do love Conan. Okay, well, let's, let's, put a pin in, let's put a pin in that till later on because there's a couple of questions I, want, I usually kind of wrap up the podcast with sure. later on. So we'll, we'll stick a pin in that for now. But about the album now, that now that you've comprised all these sort of aspects of, of your brand of comedy and you've put together this album, the title, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm the Greatest, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're swinging for the fences on that one, which is, yeah. you know, that's, a, that's the ego coming through. But Tell me about it. Where was it taped? Where, when did it all happen? And and now that it's out and streaming, where can people get it all? So it's called. Yep, it's called "I'm the, I'm the Greatest." Uh, I hope it's. I hope it's clear that it's kind of an ironic title. But uh, yes, of course, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, it was uh, taped at uh, Comedy Bar, uh, the in the West End of Toronto, Osington and Bloor, uh, my favorite bar in the city. Uh, just, uh, literally has, has been where I spent the most time in, in maybe, you know, my life, my adult life. Right. And, uh, right. so I just kind of knew I needed to do my first album there. I thought about other venues, but I, everyone felt wrong. Cause I knew I had to do it at comedy bar and, uh, did it in April of this year. And turns out, uh, you know, if preparing for an album takes, you know, 10 years or whatever, <laughs> you'd think that editing it and putting it out would take less time. I thought I would have it out in less than six months, but it took me about six months to get it out. Um, hey, I mean, it, it's, it's a project, man. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a haul of, of a lot of work you're going to do. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. So yeah, like I, I can't remember what my oldest joke on the album is probably. One of my first jokes, my Rango joke, is probably my oldest joke on the album. And that's probably about 11 years old, that joke. Um, <laughs> Still hits? Still hits. Yeah, no, I mean, I and and it's the kind of thing where like a lot of those jokes on the album are stuff I did early on that uh, I stopped doing because you kind of forget about them as you get more excited about new stuff. And then when you're trying to focus on making, getting a, to a 45 minutes to an hour set, you start being like okay what were the good ones back then so you bring those back um yeah and then just sort of trying to make some sort of cohesive thing to it because like my stuff is really all over the place and so i needed to sort of think what is this album about in the end because i I didn't want to just make it a a bunch of just stories and stuff like I, i do in my head there is a thing that it's about um and even though it might not feel that way, it's sort of more abstract. It's more kind of a more spiritual what it's about. But I, I once I once I figured out what I was trying to get out about myself, it may not seem like a very personal album because all the jokes are very ironic and heightened and stuff like this and a lot of one liners and stuff. I do feel like it's very personal and you do really get to know me in the 40 minutes that the album is there for. So I just um that's that's sort of how it came together. Uh, funny you mentioned Comedy Bar because it's one of the only spots, I think, um, for comedians to kind of... It's like a clubhouse, essentially. Mm-hmm. Is that like a safe spot for you? Like you, it, you just like you said, you get to hang out there. You get to see other people perform. 
you feel comfortable within those four walls. Mm-hmm. Is that needed in, in this industry, a place like, cause you don't see many people doing that yuck yucks. I, I just, it's a very corporate mm-hmm. versus the independent, which if coming out of the pandemic, if anything, the age of the independent has taken over a lot of mm-hmm. streams, one of them being mainstream, how it's funny how independent has taken over mainstream, but a lot of people se- seem to veer that path. And, and you mentioned comedy bar and I know it because I've been, but it seems to be like that little kind of, it's a clubhouse. It's a safe spot. It's, you can go, you can see, you can get up, you can riff, you can do It's It's our little version of, uh, the comedy cellar in New York, I guess would be the best only comparison where you never know yeah. who can pop up any night. It's that's true. That's very true. You never know. And uh, I mean, the thing about comedy bar that is different about other clubs in general is because there's not one booker. Yeah. The comics are the bookers. Basically you get the, uh, there's the booker is just the, who picks the person who's going to book the shows, you know, like right. they, and they negotiate all that stuff, but there's uh, no, you like Gary, uh, Rideout who does the, uh, who, who owns the place is super hands off you can do whatever you want there basically um uh unless you're not selling tickets i guess you know (laughs) um but uh uh yeah like so it is sort of like the clubhouse like you said like yeah that is where you go to succeed it's where you like there's there's a big net for you to fall there too you can try a lot of stuff there i have had like I have had worse sets other place that's that sorry better sets I'm trying to think of how to word this I have had stuff that had fallen flat on my face at comedy bar and not felt that bad about it or I had kind of better sets and felt worse about them in other places just right. because comedy bar is that kind of environment where it's like there's nobody really <laughs> doesn't feel like you're judging you for it like people like you get off set and people are uh, off uh stage and people are like wow you really swung for the fences there uh <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe you didn't laugh, but uh, good for you. Where other places just aren't as open to that sort of thing. Um, uh, so, and and just like, I don't know, that's where I found my friends. Another place was called the Ossington at Ossington and Queen that closed during the yep. pandemic, very unfortunately. But uh, it was a sort of uh, other place that was a lot like Comedy Bar that way. Um, where I met a lot of my friends there and just, uh, yeah, you feel very comfortable to do uh, your thing there. And a lot of people, there are other places in the city that other comics go to. I think people that swing my way, like alt comedy, kind of more indie style comedy is at comedy bar. You were saying like the yucky X doesn't have it like as much of a kind of conclusive place to hang out. They do have their own community though. Like they have their own thing and that's, that's cool. And I like, yeah, I, 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 never, I can get yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I I yeah, I just but I, I always see it as like I don't know, it's just that place where and everybody's got their own spot. Some people perform the corner, comedy in the corner. Mm-hmm. Some people are yeah, are yucks comics and, and they just have that thing. But it's just like it doesn't matter any day of the week. Something's always going on on Comedy Bar. You can pop mm-hmm. in. It's that neighborhood establishment. Um mm-hmm. now that they have two locations, um, you know, the the yeah. new one on, on the Danforth or past the Danforth is really good here in Toronto. Uh, but it's for a great you, club. I mean yeah, great club. I mean, and they got how many rooms? They have like three, four rooms? Because they have a few smaller ones downstairs. I think only two for now, but yeah, I, I I don't know what their plan is with the other ones. They have a smaller one downstairs. The one upstairs is quite big, but beautiful. Yeah. Great, great place to perform. 
But I don't you, get there as much. It's very far from me, but yes. Well, she's far for everybody, man. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell lives on that end? Yeah. That's damn near Scarborough. I mean, but, um, I mean you'd be surprised. The audiences there, uh, like, they come out on week well, weeknights. Yeah. People live there. I mean, just yeah, people know. do live there. Just not us. Yeah. Just not us. Yeah. I'm a West yeah. End guy. I don't really, that is like going to the zoo for me. That's like a mm-hmm. highway. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, you mentioned like just hanging out with friends and stuff and you have sort of a comedy clique, comedy tribe, a group of people you kind of even spitball material with, or just, I don't know who's, who hangs out with you. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm not sure who's uh, been on your show of my crew, but I definitely have a pretty tight knit crew. Um, uh, we were all hanging out at my apartment here last night. Um, uh, you know, I got. Jordan Brown, who just put an, out an album, she's a very close friend. Ben Stagger's a very close friend. Uh, the boy fringe guys, we got Alex Sandy, Amar Sings, um, uh, Jack Kirschville, Kyle Patton, Sam Burns, Tim Blair is a very good friend. Um, Noah Maloney, who is hilarious. Uh, not, not, I don't know what to call him. Stand up, sketch, musical, comedy, whatever. He's the funniest guy. Now, when you have yeah. all that personality in a room, I mean, mm-hmm. is it hard to kind of not, a not talk shop, but b if if you are riffing and and kind of doing it with it, who owns something when you stumble across a nugget? <laughs> oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think because much like your 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 you know, the sketch comedy days and you're working with a troupe, you guys are just riffing being friends, mm-hmm. but there's a line between being friends and now being comedians. You're like, there's something there. There's a, there's a nugget there with my friends. Like our, our riffs and our jokes are still heightened are so heightened. And so often never stop when we're hanging out. Um, and we try and we try not, but like in the, that environment, you can be hyper specific and you can, be referential in a way that like a lot of audience wouldn't get like we we're talking not even like inside jokes not even like uh, like but you can get like hyper specific on stuff and be hyper like we know what what makes each other laugh but it doesn't like we usually know that that wouldn't transfer to stage usually right. there's like a there's like a glimmer in what we're talking about and being like this could probably be a sketch or a, a bit like and like unwritten contracts usually it's like you know in a conversation who would uh get that <laughs> bit but right. uh whoever has like the the premise you know and then everybody else is given tags but it doesn't happen as much as often as you'd think i i definitely give my friends a heads up if if something like that happens and i'm like that's probably going in my act guys i'll uh, say something like that when now that you've kind of cemented a mark and kind of you know you 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 started the catalog your your debut album is out is there a bucket list for joel like is there like things you have that you mentally kind of or maybe physically maybe you've actually written it down but scratch off the list like okay done here's next this is what we're going for now is something like that Um, come across your path the thing that's stuck in my brain it's not you know it's not comedy forward as much as uh you know, I mean, I, I did the comedy album. I definitely have other goals in stand up, but the thing that's sticking in my brain bucket list is I want to make a movie. Want to make a movie? Yeah. Any specific thing you have in mind? Like, do you have a script that you've kind of chipped away at? I have, uh, well, I, we made a short film last year 
I have a screenplay that I have finished and I've been sort of sending it around to people. I have other ideas. I have another script that I may be writing with some friends. It doesn't matter what's what the movie is. I just know that if I don't make a movie before, <laughs> I just need to make a movie or I'm going to explode. I just I just know that that's <laughs> that's the other thing that I need to do. What is it? Is it the now when you say make a movie, do you want to be in front or behind the camera? It, what I would like is it is my script. It is my idea. That's the, at the very least, I would like to be the writer, but I would also like to direct. I would also like to be in front of the camera. I would I would like to do it all. Wow, spoken like a true artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I can I can totally understand that. I mean, you want kind of want to have the um, the vision come to life. Your vision come to life, mm-hmm. whether that mm-hmm. be from from one angle, as you said, at very least the writer, but a concept, a creation the vision you know come to life and and i can appreciate that um but but getting back to kind of the art form I- itself um for your stand-up career now that this album is kind of put in place what does droll move next like not like where, where, where are you in this weekend but i mean like what's the next move for you right now because film can be on any time it could be on the horizon but mm-hmm. is there something that's coming up that you kind of want to sink your teeth into let's say in stand-up Instead, just not stand up, but just your. Let's use the word alt comedy, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Well, I would like to bring my. It's it's. I I I was trying not to admit this, but I I my mind admit, going Joel, forward. Admit, this is therapy. Yeah, <laughs> my mind going forward is so. I I think so. Not like live performance oriented. I'm not stopping doing stand up. I'll never stop. But uh, I I I want to do a sit. I want to bring what makes me unique to sitcoms to movies to everything else that is what's on my mind i want to put myself in spaces with people that can help me out with that and uh whether that's in st- i i know that i have i have lots of friends and stand up and stuff like that to uh put me in those rooms and help me out with stuff so um that's what i want to go for but i but i mean live performance i would love to do something big i guess just to get bigger and bigger with, you know, I did a normal stand-up comedy album. And right. for me, for me, what was normal, you know, the next thing I do, I would like to take, take a bigger swing with, I guess. Awesome. Um, I kind of want to cap off all the podcasts with the sort of a rapid fire rundown of questions. Okay. Uh, I know we've kind of touched on this a bit, but I say rapid fire, but in the end, usually someone gives a response. We're like, what? And then mm-hmm. that a whole side conversation happens, but we'll 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 see. Some of them we may have touched on, but I kind of want to see in this moment your biggest comedic influence growing up. Uh, Conan, Conan O'Brien, perfect. Your favorite stand-up comedian. Uh, today I would say today. Uh, Chris Locke. Nice. Uh, favorite comedic movie. After Hours. Okay. Um, your favorite club to perform at? I think I can guess. Comedy bar, yeah. Yeah, you got it. Uh, best set of yours to date? Something you hold in high regards, personal, like my album recording. Awesome, buddy. Um, on tour, on the road. Who do you want riding shotgun? Who's your best traveling buddy? Ben Stagger or No Maloney. Nice. Best place to eat on the road or best thing you've eaten on the road? Hmm. 
does a, does a place stick out or does a greasy spoon or a, a triple stack pancake? I don't know what the yeah. hell. Comics always oh. have an interesting diet. Uh, uh, Belle, Belle Provence in Montreal. I just ah, la Belle their, Provence poutine. It's a, it, that's, it's, that's a it's, dirty joint, dude. Such good poutine. It's so gross. I know, and, it's a dirty joint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Those love are the it. ones that are open like late night. Exactly. Even to exactly. Smokies too. I think the 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 hot dog, the Frenchy style hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People love those. were raving about that. I'm like, it's a fucking hot dog. What are we losing our minds about? My man, but I hey. love hot dogs. Love <laughs> love gravy and cheese curds. Um. Best stand-up comedian you've seen right now coming up that we should all kind of look out for. Callum O'Neill. And uh, a way I kind of end it off is the best advice you ever got in this industry. Um, Chris Locke told me once that people don't know what you want. You have to tell them. If pe- like People will like you um, and not know that you want something from them, basically. You can be afraid of that all you want, but you have to like actually tell them. And it may be cringy for you, but you have to do it. Interesting look on that. Interesting look mm-hmm. on that. Awesome. The album is called I'm the Greatest. It's out now. Streaming on all platforms, right? I'm assuming so. Yep. Yep. Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Amazon, YouTube Music, all those big ones. Oh, you got them all. All right. Perfect, mm-hmm. brother. Uh, his name is Joel Edmondson. I thank you very much for your time today. Check out the album I Am the Greatest streaming now. And buddy, congrats on the success. Congrats on the album. And best of luck moving forward. I can't wait to see what you come out with next. But find him on TikTok, which yes. um, a lot of people have already. And <laughs> what's the account, by the way? Because it's not. It's, is it? It's Joel. You can find it, Joel Edmiston, but it's Joel Baby, J O E L L B A B Y. Yeah, and it's crazy just with what you do with your your cats. You want to give your cats a shout out? I think they deserve a shout out. Yeah, my <laughs> cats are named. They're right here, Breeze and Ringo. Breathe and Ringo, eh? And, they, and they've mm-hmm. been they've attracted so much of an audience. Uh, I yeah. thank you very much for your time today, buddy. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. You should do comedy. I'm your host, Vince Tedesco. Please like, subscribe, five star review. I don't know what they say. Uh, send mm-hmm. me money, all that stuff that they say at the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. This is the You Should Do Comedy podcast. We'll see each other again down the road. Yeah.